Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction, and Saving Me One Day at a Time, Finding Light Amidst the Shadows of Addiction. I am here for you, and this podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well to reclaim your power, and to live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. So since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing that we can do is take back our power and focus on us ourselves. Just remember that the thoughts and perspectives that I share on this show are mine and those of the guests on the show. So if you ever hear anything harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and we always aim to do better and we value your feedback as well as your permission to be human. So please use all the content here as educational and informational and not for the purpose of medical diagnosis, treatment, or prescription in any form. That being said, let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I am excited because there is this concept that we always talk about in positive psychology, and it's called tend and befriend. And I love this idea. And we talked a little bit about in the last episode about grief and that grief is a natural process to loss and naturally motion to loss. It's normal to feel this way when we love someone with an addiction. And some of the suggestions is to tend to that grief is tend to that sadness and honoring that emotion. And so I thought I would do a follow-up episode here just on this idea of reclaiming your life, how we can tend and befriend as well as mend for well-being in the shadows of addiction. So as you know, this whole podcast is all about taking back your power and focusing on you. And I'm so passionate about that because your well-being matters. And I know I was taken down by addiction and being cast in the shadows of addiction. And so I only want the best for you. So that's what I'm here for. And that's what this episode is going to be all about. And so a little side story is I just got back from a nice holiday. I went away and it felt so good 
good. So I thank you so much for honoring the pause in the podcast last week. And we're back in full steam ahead. I will be showing up for you every week and offering you some of my guidance. I tap into all my postgraduate training in positive psychology, which is the science of human flourishing and my experience. I lived in the muck of loving someone with an addiction. He had a hidden addiction. He hid it for years and until he couldn't. And it was an active addiction. He was in complete denial. I went through all the turmoil in the muck of the ups and downs and trying to save, fix, rescue and all these things. And then the loss of losing him to addiction. And so I am here to just offer you so much love and support because this is a hard journey. This is so challenging. So in the face of addiction's profound impact, it can feel like your life has been turned upside down. It can leave you in the depths of grief, loss, and uncertainty. It is unpredictable, right? And it is very, very challenging. And so it's precisely in these challenging times that we need to dig deep within ourselves and tap into our power. And we need to do that by tending and befriending and mending. And I'm going to tap into and dive into all the concepts of this to help you because it's a really transformative concept that's rooted in positive psychology and it can offer such a beacon of hope. It can really help guide us towards healing. It can guide us towards more resilience and ultimately help us to reclaim our lives. So that's what this episode is about. You know me, I like to focus on you and not the addicted loved one in your life and help you take back your power, help you to regain that sparkle, that strength that might have been taken down or or is kind of sucked in by the shadows of addiction. Okay, so we are going to talk about this principle of tend, befriend, and mend. And now these can be your three pillars that are going to hold the key to helping you to survive when you are in the face of this adversity of someone who is with you that has an addiction This is going to be your three pillars that can really help you. And so we're going to dive into every aspect of these and unveil the secrets of self-compassion, right? The nurturing embrace of social support as well, and the profound impact and the process of mending. And so I always say like mending my broken heart, like I always say my heart was shattered into pieces and I had to tend and mend and know that it takes time and process for that healing. And so use this as a go or like kind of like a roadmap towards your well-being and that it is a slow and steady. It's a reminder that you have the strength to navigate these storms that come and emerge from uh loving someone with an addiction and you will I promise you you will come out stronger on the other side. You will build your resilience and you will be more able to reclaim your life and the life that you deserve. But it has to come from a place where you honor your need for attention, for mending, for tending to yourself and for healing. And so this is this is meant to empower you when we feel a little bit knocked down or a lot knocked down. And so this is a self-discovery aspect. This is also about healing. It's about renewal. 
And so let's jump into that concept. Let's jump into the concept of tending and befriending. And let's incorporate also mending because I always like, it's normally they just say tend and befriend, but we're also going to talk about mending here. And so because it is rooted in positive psychology, it's based on science and science has proven the importance of social connections, of support and of self-care during such challenging times. And so what we want to do is recognize how can we use this concept and how can we apply it to ourselves? So tend and befriend. Let's talk about that first. I'm going to take off my, I have my warm slippers on here and it's making me really warm. So I'm just going to take those off. (laughs) Um, So tend, this idea is tend. What you want to do is this aspect involves self-care and self-compassion. So it means taking care of yourself, both physically and emotionally during difficult times. So tending to yourself involves self-care and self-compassion. This includes recognizing and acknowledging your emotions, recognizing and acknowledging your needs, as well as boundaries that are going to keep you well. And so this idea of tending is really, really important. So for example, self-compassion, like practicing self-compassion is treating yourself with kindness and treating yourself with understanding, just like you would a close friend. And so being gentle with yourself in the face of grief, in the face of loss, in the face of challenge, this is so hard. So you want to be really, really gentle and super loving towards yourself because it is so, so hard. So the two aspects really of tending, this tending aspect is self-compassion and self-care. So self-care is about establishing a good self-care routine that includes activities that really, really nurture your well-being. And this is different for everyone. So, but some things could be exercise, meditation, mindfulness, all those things that I always talk about on this podcast, even hobbies and things that bring you joy really, really important. And, and so just creating self-care routines that can help you feel like you're tending to yourself. The other thing you might want to do is uh, emotional expression. So allowing yourself to express your emotions in healthy ways. So allowing those emotions to move through you and out and just, you know, whether that's through journaling or talking to a friend, it's really, really important that we're not suppressing our feelings. And so that it, that because the suppression of the feelings are, are trying in the last episode, we talked about grief and how we're almost trying to like, so we see grief as an obstacle that we're trying to, you know, get rid of, but really see grief for what it really is. And instead of suppressing those feelings, tend to them, listen to them, right? And, And this can really lead to decreasing our stress, decreasing our sadness and allowing us to process those emotions just by allowing the expression of them. So emotional expression is a form of tending to yourself, offering self-compassion, and kindness to yourself. Another thing is befriending. So what is this befriending idea? And this is about seeking and nurturing social support systems. So befriending, who can you befriend? Who can you um, connect with? Who can you reach out to? What groups and support groups can you join? Who can provide empathy and compassion understanding to you? right? And so befriending is this amazing capacity uh, of seeking 
out nurturing support systems. Very, very important. We are social creatures. We are meant to connect and not feel isolated and alone. And so this is the element that is so important, especially when you're going through loving someone with an addiction and you feel so isolated and alone. So really, really important. So I am always here for you. I always joke that I'm your new best friend. Message me. I'm the one responding to messages there in the support group. Uh, We have a lot of other people that are super positive and uplifting in our Facebook group, the SYKM. So it's Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction Facebook group. Also, we have a supportive website and this podcast please, please, please. Also YouTube channel. I just started a YouTube channel. I'm going to be putting a lot of these videos on there. And so join us there too, if you want a visual as well. And so I just offer you so much love and support. I know what it's like. I offer so much empathy because nobody knows what it's like to love someone with an addiction until they've been through it. And it is so incredibly hard. So Having said that, please reach out. So this idea of befriending is so important because it's about seeking and nurturing social support systems. Where are they? Who are they for you? So what you can do is reach out. Don't hesitate to reach out to friends to family members. And if you don't want to reach out to friends or family members, reach out to these support groups, our support group, reach out to me. I am here for you. We can offer you a listening ear, emotional support, and just a sense of belonging. You belong here. I wholeheartedly just, and I I, I keep saying that word wholeheartedly. I don't know where it came from, but now it's like, I say it all the time. We are here for you. And so that is one way to befriend seeking out those nurturing support systems is to reach out. Don't hesitate to do that. Uh, Your vulnerability in reaching out will actually help in your sense of feeling like you're not alone and really will offer you so much support right? The other thing is effective communication. Please, please, please open up and be honest. Communicate with your loved ones. Communicate with uh, honesty um, because that will strengthen your connection with others. Share your feelings and your concerns with those that can offer you support. Really important for you to have open communication of what's going on. You don't have to do this alone. And obviously, you know, I've been encouraging you to join support groups and or therapy sessions or whatever works for you. There's so many sources of support for you out there. Um, It's just finding one that works well for you and one that meshes with you. So we talked a little bit now about this idea of tending. So basically tending is aspect that involves self-care and self-compassion. So practicing self-compassion and self-care and emotional expression is really important, but also befriending. So seeking and out nurturing and social support systems, so important for you and will help you feel better. And then this idea of mending, I love this idea. So mending It's like, you know, when you, you know, you tear your clothes and then you mend it, you put it back together or, you know, you have a a sore or a cut, you're mending it. And so mending involves this process of healing and allows for this process of recovery from emotional wounds. So emotional wounds are, we can't see them. They're not like real cuts where you put maybe polysporin on it and a bandaid and like let it heal. Uh, emotional wounds are sometimes invisible and we don't necessarily have that first aid kit available for us. So mending involves this process of healing and recovery from these emotional wounds that are caused by grief, loss, and challenge. And so 
we need to find ways to mend our heart, to regain a sense of balance, to regain well-being. And so you really want to find what works for you. So some things that we can do is obviously seek professional help. So we can reach out to a life coach. We can reach out to a therapist, a counselor, people like that. When we feel overwhelmed by grief or loss or challenge, we can always reach out to professionals to support us. There is no weakness in that. And they can help us navigate our emotions. They can help us develop coping strategies and they can help us in so many ways um, and just support us on the healing process. And so The other piece of this mending process too is self-reflection. So spending time reflecting on your experiences, learning from them, growing from them, finding new opportunities for yourself, looking for ways to grow and learn and and evolve from this challenge and, and realizing, okay, like how can I tap into my power again and regain myself? And it's all about this self-discovery, right? How can we build up our inner strength? I know for me, it was always listening to podcasts, reading uplifting books, um, um, watching inspiring YouTube videos or TED Talks. I also just, you know, I love journaling and journaling out my anger and then working through things that are going on and and just spending time in nature and just self-reflection as well. Or for me, I would just, you know, do meditations. And self-reflection is so powerful because it helps us mend. It helps us heal. It helps us process those emotions. And so powerful. So another thing that comes up in terms of mending is this idea of forgiveness. Now, I'm not talking about forgiving your addicted loved one because I know that's a hard process and we might be holding on to grievance story, stories and things like that too. But what I mean here in terms of mending is forgiveness for ourselves. Forgive yourself for any perceived shortcomings or any perceived mistakes. I remember thinking to myself, I'd be so mean to myself. I say, Andrea, how could you be so stupid? Like if, if you were just starting to date this person, you would never tolerate this. Like, how could you be so stupid? Or why are you taking him back again? Look at what he's done to you. I would have these voices in my head and I was so hard on myself. And so mending, a part of mending and just taking good care of ourselves and and the process of healing and recovery is to forgive yourself for any perceived challenges or mistakes and, and not that, and you know, we're just showing up the best we can. This addiction is like the hardest thing to navigate. It is so complex and it changes all the time. So please, 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 part of the healing process and mending yourself is to forgive yourself for any shortcomings or any mistakes. So grief and challenge, they can sometimes lead to feelings of guilt or self-blame or I know sometimes it's like, maybe I, maybe I'm not fun enough. So I've driven him to do this, or maybe, you know, like, look how mean that is to me. No, like that is not true. Like this is all his problem and has nothing to do with me. And so remember that you are human and you know what? We're doing the best we can with this super crazy, challenging circumstance. So please forgive yourself, practice forgiveness and mend yourself. And there's that self-compassion as well. 
So some of the ways that you can apply the concept of of this concept to help yourself. So tending and befriending and mending, so powerful, right? So the key underneath all of this is like this idea of self-compassion. So number one, be kind to yourself, be understanding towards yourself, avoid self-criticism and practice self-compassion as you're navigating your grief, as you're navigating this challenge. It is so hard. And I say that all the time because that is an understatement. So be compassionate, self-compassion, 100% and build support networks. So cultivate relationships with friends or new friends or family or anyone who can provide additional support for you or emotional support for you. Build that support network. Connect with those support groups. Look for professionals who can offer guidance and empathy. There's so many resources out there. So think of ways and make a list even if you have to, to really apply this is to build that support network please, so you do not feel alone. Another thing you can do is embrace healing. So understand the healing process. So understanding that healing is a process uh, and it takes time. It's okay to take your time with this healing process. This is so hard. And you know what? You could be healing and then knock down again another day. So engage in self-reflection, engage in techniques that work for you. Maybe it's um, breathing or breath work. Maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's like, what are some practices or techniques that promote your healing? This is the mending and tending to yourself. So really, really important to look at all the ways that work for you that can embrace healing for you. Um, it could be prayer. It could be, you know, going for a walking prayer meditation. It could be like, there's so many ways you just want to find what works for you and understand that healing doesn't happen overnight and that it's okay to take your time with this. And so just do some self-reflection, right? Explore some techniques and, and ways and practices that, that promote healing that feel really good to you. And then obviously set boundaries, be mindful of your own needs, know what you need. I always say, know your rights. Like you have the right to, and fill in the blank. That's usually what you're needing. What are you needing? What are you wanting? And then notice where you're not getting that. And there's where your boundaries lie. So setting boundaries can be really hard. However, they can be really easy too. It's like, what is it that you are really needing for your well-being, right? So it's essential to balance your support for others. So you're, you're supporting others, like your addicted loved one, but balance that support with your own self-care and your own personal well-being. So you can see that's really what boundaries are. So you're not just supporting others and losing yourself and your boundaries in it. You're losing your needs and your, your own, um, self there's the boundary. So be mindful of your own needs and your own well-being, your personal self-care and your personal well-being need to come first and then and balance that with supporting others. So that's really important. So the other thing is stay resilient. You are resilient. It's built into us. We're all wired for resilience. And so use these concepts to really develop your resilience in the face of challenging, right? By understanding that by tending to yourself and befriending social networks and mending, so encouraging this idea of healing, you can really 
it'll help you navigate the difficult times. It's going to help you go through it. We can't make all the bad things go away. We can't make all the challenges in our life go away. That's just not going to happen, especially when we love someone with an addiction. There are going to be difficult times. So this concept, tend and befriend, and the aspect of mending as well, is a really nice holistic approach actually to coping with feelings of grief, for loss, for feeling or having challenges in your life. So incredible, right? It involves self-care, it involves social networks, it involves healing, and all this can actually empower you, right? It can help you navigate difficult times and do it with greater resilience and well-being. So I hope that's really helpful. I hope that this idea of tending and befriending and mending for your own well-being, especially when we are in the shadows of addiction, uh, it can be so powerful for you, especially when we are navigating such intense emotions like grief or loss and uh, just trying to navigate the complexities of addiction of loving someone. That is so hard. So there's one thing, there's one actionable nugget. I always like actionable nuggets. These are things you can put into practice right away. And so one exercise that comes to mind to me is this idea of implementing 10 befriended men is just simple self-compassion exercises. And you can, basically what it does is it helps you to begin the process of self-care and self-compassion, which is basically fundamental to this whole concept of tend, befriend, and mend. So how you do this, so self-compassion exercise, what you do is just find a quiet place and know that you're not going to be disturbed, even do it in your car if you have to and parked somewhere. And just take a few breaths that will help center yourself. So take a nice deep breath and just bring your awareness to the present moment where you are. And then just close your eyes if it helps you to focus. And then what you're going to do is think of a challenging situation or a specific aspect of your life related to, you know, the impacts of addiction, if you like. And it can be causing you maybe some distress or you might be practicing like self-criticism. You might be being hard on yourself. So just think of a specific sort of challenging aspect of your life currently in the shadows of addiction. Once you have that, now imagine yourself speaking to a close friend who's going through a similar situation. So what you would say to them to offer comfort, what would you say to them to offer support? And what would you say to them as encouragement, right? What kind and compassionate words would you use? So write that down, write those things down or record yourself saying it, what you would be saying to a friend going through that really challenging situation that you just described. So then what you do is you shift that perspective and you start addressing yourself with that same kindness, with the same words and listen take it into your heart and, and, and practice that same kindness and understanding that you would have offered that close friend and say to yourself the same comforting words, offering self-compassion, offering validation for your feelings and for the experience. It's incredible when you flip it as if you're telling a really good friend and you're saying it and then flip it back on yourself. Oh my gosh. 
It is so powerful. It's like writing yourself a love letter. Like you are doing so good. This situation is abnormal. This situation is not anything we would want to wish on anyone. I don't even know how you're navigating it. I don't know how you're keeping it together. This is so hard. It's like, you know, as soon as you turn it back on yourself, it's like you are actually super strong, super resilient. What are you doing to take care of yourself? Like, how can I help you? You know, like talking like you are your best friend. So repeat these kind and compassionate statements to yourself as often as you like, right? Focus on being soothing. Focus on nurturing yourself. And just as you would, just that dear friend, right? That's what you would say. And then take a few more deep breaths. And then just when you're ready, open your eyes. That exercise is so powerful because it's really that, it's that step that's going to cultivate self-compassion. It helps you to recognize that you deserve the same care and understanding that you, that you would naturally extend to others, your friends, caring person. And just practicing this exercise regularly is so powerful, especially when you are facing moments of self-criticism or emotional distress, right? This will help you foster compassion. It'll help you just deepen that ability to tend, befriend, and mend in this tight, this challenging time, right? And you're going to build that self-compassion. You're going to find it so much easier to implement these tools of tend, befriend, and mend as you work towards this well-being and really get on this journey for yourself. So I hope that this was helpful and this was a wonderful nugget for you. I know it is for me. I love it. I always put, you know, tend, befriend, mend on my wall. And I remind myself when I'm going through challenging times, like to go through this, like tend, the art of self-care and self-compassion. How can we treat ourselves with kindness and understanding that we would offer a close friend, right? This can lay the foundation for so much loving, healing, and growth to be available to us. And then befriending, right? The power of seeking and nurturing social support systems, reaching out to connections and, and, and that can offer us empathy and have open communication that can really help make bonds and just strengthen our strength, give us strength in times of need, of course. And this idea of mending is the process of healing and recovery, right? From those emotional wounds that are inflicted on us by the challenges that come with addiction. And so with self-reflection, with forgiveness, with professional guidance, we can really mend and regain more balance, right? So this, I hope this helped you on so many ways, you know, that it can help us just to remember that our path to well-being is unique and our and it takes time, our path to healing by being patient and compassionate with yourself and understanding um, this concept of tending, befriending, and mending is just so loving. And as you continue on this path of self-discovery and growth and renewal, always keep in mind that you have the capacity to reclaim your life and you have the ability to emerge from these challenges. And you know what? We are going to get back up and we're going to get knocked down again and back up and we're going to get knocked down. And we can do that with greater strength and resilience and a renewed sense of purpose 
especially if we use these three pillars of tending, befriending, and mending as our guide. So I hope that's helpful for you. I know it's been so helpful for me in my life, and science has shown that this is one of the best ways that we can face challenges in our lives. And so in addition to these exercises, if you feel like you want further guidance and support in navigating the complexities of loving someone with an addiction, I highly recommend checking out one of my books. I have a whole series in the Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. It's available everywhere that you can buy books. And I would love for you to get your hands on a copy. It is such a powerful resource that offers a wealth of strategies and um, positive psychology interventions that can really help you. It's a valuable perspective that can help you exercise these practical tools in your life along this journey of loving someone with an addiction. And by the way, the book is all about you. It's not about your addicted loved one. And it is all about how to take back your power and find the courage to do so. So just please remember you are not alone on this journey and please seek the support that you need, whether that's through my books, whether that's through therapy, whether that's through support groups or just trusted friends and family, your well-being matters. And by taking these steps, you're not only helping yourself, but you're also creating a stronger foundation for all those around you. So thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm wrapping you with a big blanket of compassion, love, and empathy. And remember that you matter and your growth and resilience are available to you. We all have it. It's built in. We can tap into it. And so sending you so much love and hugs. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.